The Final Jubilee by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. If humanity could comprehend to what extent they have been used of Satan to build a world designed to enslave mankind, they would be aghast. If they understood the false pride, fake authority, and wealth he bestows on a hand-picked minority to rule the world, they would be terrified. A veil of deception, however, hovers over Adam's race. They cannot see the enemy's strategy of enslavement that has dominated them through the world's political, religious, economic, educational, and cultural systems. As the kingdom of God is preparing for a new heaven and new earth, the united powers of darkness prepare for a new world order, one where absolute slavery makes Satan's decree in Isaiah chapter 14, I will be as God, and I will rule from God's mountain, the congregation of God's people, a reality. Satan, the dragon, the serpent, Lucifer, whatever name you wish to apply to him, owns this world and its people. All born to his world automatically become his property and subject to the laws through which he governs. Adam and Eve sold us out and forfeited our dominion to him. The rest is just the history of man under the sway of the enemy. This world we live in is completely out of harmony with the rest of the universe. Is it any wonder Jesus said, Indeed, unless man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. You see, a citizen of this world cannot be a citizen in God's kingdom. In fact, as Adam's descendants, man can only see this realm, and because of the knowledge Eve chose, they cannot comprehend beyond it. They are spiritually blind and crippled mentally by the twisted, warped thinking of the world that is the foundation of their lifestyles. Puppets of the kingdom of darkness, they are Satan's toys and take personal pride in their own achievements and unfairly blame God for the bad things that happen in a world not even his. They are for the most part unaware of their evil master and surely do not understand that they and all they have are his possessions. Look at this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. Again the devil took him, Jesus, up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. You will not find anywhere in Scripture that Jesus denied that the kingdoms of this world were Satan's to give. No, because you see, they are. In John chapter 8, verse 23, Jesus said, And he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above, you are of this world. I am not of this world. He was in it, but not of it. Concerning those that belong to God, but are still in the world, he says, John chapter 16, verse 33, 
These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. There is a big change coming. The world's people do not belong to the Lord, as we will see it at John chapter 17, verse 9. I pray for them, his disciples. I, Jesus, do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. We also must understand the world is different from the earth. The world consists of a society founded on the earth. Let us read 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. No reason to fix things either. It is God's plan to destroy it. Now let us read Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 4 to see the difference between the world and the earth. One generation passes away and another generation comes. But the earth abides forever. Unlike the world, the above scripture tells us is passing away. The earth itself is God's footstool. He created it, and it is His. The earth will be made new, refurbished by a new and different species of people. A revised culture will be founded and established on God's knowledge. A society where righteousness, peace, and joy will abound. Sickness, disease, pain, poverty, corruption, sin and death will all be dissolved along with the world, leaving perfection and order in its place. We should be so thankful for God's promises. If it wasn't for God's predestined plan for the restoration of mankind and a legal way made for man's redemption, we would all, except Satan's select few, be absolutely eradicated or enslaved. Understand, Satan's plans are firmly set in place in the world. All would be lost, except remember John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus overcame the world. What is redemption exactly, and how did Jesus overcome Satan and his world? Number one, the law of God states the wages of sin is death. So something had to die to relieve humanity of their sins, starting with the high treason of Adam and Eve. Colossians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 He, the Father, has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. If sin is committed that breaks the law of God, the offender would be found guilty on Judgment Day. And let's face it, how could man ever survive God's wrath? Jesus paid for man's sin with His own blood sacrifice. 
Our Creator paid for the lives of His creation with His own life, in other words. God paid the debt owed to Him for mankind breaking His laws with His own blood. Who can comprehend that love? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. A body suitable to dwell on this planet was given to God's word and called his son. His birth through Mary made him a family member of Adam, legally able to manifest the plan for redemption for him. Also, as the born-again son of God, he could restore, set free, and jubilee creation. In him was the fullness of the Godhead, and all legalities met to pay man's debt, forgive them of their sins, and return a new and better race of mankind to the Father. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5 shows us this body. Therefore, when he, Jesus, came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. The Son of Man. First Peter chapter one verses eighteen and nineteen. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, the world's Adamic race of mankind, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, the Son of God. You see, if it wasn't for the Lamb's blood sacrifice, we today would automatically be held guilty on Judgment Day, even though we were not there with Adam and Eve. Legally, death, judgment, bondage, all that sin and spiritual death made them, became ours. A spiritually dead couple can only bring forth spiritually dead children, so as their descendants, we too are born spiritually dead. Romans chapter 5 verse 14 and verses 18 and 19 will explain. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. If you could keep the Mosaic law, you would be in God's grace. No one could, so death reigned. Even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come, as Adam was the father of his race, Christ is the father of the new species, the new generation. Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many will be made righteous. Because man had been given dominion over all on earth, the whole of creation suffered the consequences of man's sin as well. As long as we remained identified with Adam, their sins are identified with us, 
and all creation is spiritually dead. Again, this is why Jesus said at John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You see, Jesus came to set man free, not only of their sins, but from Satan's plan as well. He made a way to end the enslavement of mankind and will therefore stop the enemy's takeover of our planet. He set our spirits, souls, hearts, and minds free from the bondage of the enemy. Jubilee is for us to experience, however, not just study or celebrate. We must experience it first as individuals by coming out of the prison of this world and be circumcised from its systems. Separation is a huge key. Only then can we be selected and gathered to form the true body of Christ. Only then will we be able to fully comprehend God's knowledge and only the separated ones will have a part in the build of the new earth. At the final harvest, there will then be an earthwide jubilee, a total restoration of all God chooses to allow to remain as the world is destroyed. This includes the transformation of our bodies. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51-54 through 54. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the blast of the trumpet sounding jubilee. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, our bodies, must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. To bring about this glorious state to the earth, however, we must better understand Jubilee. You see, Jesus, as our Redeemer, not only overcame this world that owns man and defeated the evil forces that control and own them, but he made a way for man to start over. He jubilee or set free, all that belongs to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22 In whom you also are being built, together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit, the new body on earth for God to inhabit. So God sees us as his land, sold to Satan by Adam, and the house he wishes to dwell in, as lost to the enemy as well. Leviticus chapter 25 verse 10 explains the legal requirements of Jubilee. And you shall consecrate the fiftieth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land. Remember what is God's land. To all its inhabitants, the born again, it shall be a jubilee for you, personally, and each of you shall return to his possession. 
those born again who became his family and are therefore restored heirs of God's promises. And each of you shall return to his family. Returneth the children of God to the Father once again. Man's redemption, restoration, and freedom, his jubilee was provided for by Christ's victory on the cross. The religions of the world have hidden these facts from us, or not explained them as sovereign laws and promises of God to the newborn, and the church has therefore helped to assimilate them right back into the world and the bondage of its jurisdiction. Let's finally get our perspective correct. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth after he had been born again, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, those bound by this world and its prince, and recovery of sight to the blind, give them knowledge that would open their eyes to the kingdom, to set at liberty those who are oppressed by the world's systems and the enemy behind them, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, when the harvest of the born again separated new species is accomplished. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He had withstood the lure of Satan as the born again and was beginning to manifest the victory encased in God's plan of restoration. Jubilee. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 7 through 11. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will. It is the will of God to let us be born over again, start new as his children, set free his land, his tabernacle. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, the final harvest, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him who paid the price of the redemption returning us to our former state. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, the promises of total restoration are ours. We are heirs of the kingdom. Being predestined, it was always God's plan according to the purpose of him who works all things, according to the counsel of his will. It is God's will that we are jubileed. Colossians chapter 2 verses 9 through 15 further explains the depth of what God through Jesus accomplished for us. 
for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him you were also circumcised, with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, died in his death at baptism, by the circumcision of Christ, as he was cut off, circumcised from life, then resurrected to a new life, he made a way for us to do the same. Buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and an uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, resurrected us as new creatures, having forgiven you all trespasses, Mankind was forgiven for selling out to Satan, intermarrying with angels, and living lifestyles fashioned after a world owned by his enemy. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements, the Mosaic Law, that was against us, which was contrary to us, as fallen man, humanity could not walk in God's laws. All were judged lawless and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He defeated Satan and all that follow him. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The word, the knowledge of God, defeated the knowledge of good and evil. Eve chose. So Jesus made a way to start over, set us free of the world, and free of the enemy that held us captive. Now, what are we going to do with our freedom? As we saw earlier, by being born again inside the prison of the world and then remaining there under its laws and rules will eventually cause the new creature to return to its former worldly state. Thus a race of Esau's were created. These are the born again that give up their new birthrights to choose what's on the world's plate, enjoying what it serves. These will never see the kingdom. But those that understand personal jubilee understand the doors of the prison are open and are beginning to see the oppressors are illegally controlling them and they are therefore separating spiritually and mentally from the world and its systems. They are also obediently coming out of Babylon, her secret societies, mystery religions, and the world's churches that have been feeding them the lies and false doctrines of Satan in obedience to Revelation, chapter 18, verse 4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. Yes, there is a great falling away from the world's traditional church. The enlightened ones are also breaking away from those who still have a slave mentality and refuse to leave the prisons of the world. They circumcise themselves from them so that they can grow and mature into the new generation of God's children, a new species, and start a new society and build the new earth. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 
and verse 18. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate. How plain is that, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, those mentored by Satan, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Children of God. It is a new day, people. The end-time knowledge of God is being released to guide the way to freedom. As Satan offered knowledge that catapulted Adam and Eve into the world, the reverse is happening, this time in favor of God's kingdom. All creation waits eagerly for this new generation, ones who have experienced their personal jubilee. They eagerly await this harvest, as they will be made into one loaf, one great body, the body of Christ, and even greater works than he did before, performed on their behalf. Let us close with a final scripture. Romans chapter 8, verse 21. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption, from the world, the enemy, death and decay, into the glorious liberty of the children of God. In closing, the final blast of the trumpet calling for repentance is being sounded. The truth of God's plan for restoration reverberates across the earth. A new blast will soon be heard, announcing the end of the enemy's plan, his world, her people, and the victorious beginning of the new earth and God's kingdom. The final jubilee.